Welcome back to Lifestyle with Sylvia. I'm Sylvia and it's an honor to be able to share with you my story and what I have learned and am still learning going from a divorce into a new life. Today's episode is a result of a very interesting conversation I had with Emanuela Lang, best known as Manu. Manu is a nurse, a pedagogue and the director of Escolinha Querubim. I absolutely love this school. My eldest was there since she was two until she turned six, and my youngest studied there when she was one year old and a few months old, and she's still going to that school. Escolinha Querubim is based in Porto Alegre, Brazil. It's a great school for children from only a few months old up until six years old. The team is amazing, great professionals, applying positive discipline and always with the children's best interests at heart. Apart from the teachers, there's also a nutritionist, psychologist, speech therapist and a pediatrician. They have many activities to not only entertain the children, but mostly to develop them in many areas. Kids have English activities, physical education, music, capoeira, cooking activities, arts, etc. Uh, in our conversation, we talked about the many examples Manu has witnessed over these 11 years since she has the school um, and she has been interacting with families that have gone through divorce. So she shared with us the most common behaviors she has witnessed during breakups, how those behaviors affect children, and she gave us tips on how to help children adjust to changes in their family structure the best way possible. The conversation was in Portuguese, so for those of you who speak Portuguese, you can listen to it in my Portuguese version of the podcast, Lifestyle com a Silvia. For those of you who don't, I'll summarize what Manu shared with us. So knowing that a breakup is usually very emotional and difficult for the couple, it's very hard for the grown-ups to control their emotions and it's very easy for them to sometimes forget how their attitudes affect their children. Manu pointed out that the school is the place where a child should feel safe and be able to express his or her feelings. And many times, the school realizes something is not okay at home because they have noticed a change of behavior on the child. Being more needy, asking for more affection from the teachers or becoming more aggressive, having fever when nothing else seems to go wrong, And there have been situations of children sharing that they wish their parents would stop arguing or that they don't want to sleep with their parents anymore because of the arguing. In case of babies, and for babies it's children up to two years old, many times parents don't take the time to explain to them what is happening. Because the child can't yet express him or herself clearly, adults tend to think that they won't understand an explanation about a breakup. But kids rely on prediction. That's why having a routine is so important for them to feel safe. And when they are used to having both parents at home on a daily basis and suddenly one of them leaves, the child feels he or she has been abandoned. Also, because of how difficult the breakup is for the parents and they have so much on their minds, unwillingly the child is sometimes treated as an object and sometimes is even used as a weapon to hurt the other parent. But we must remember that the child is also going through a loss and also needs to adjust to a new reality when they don't even know why. 
Manu shared with me that very often families don't communicate to the school the changes the family is going through and the teachers end up noticing that something might be going on at home because the child's behavior has changed. She stressed how important it is for the school to know so they can do their part in being there for the child, guiding the child through this phase or even offering support to the family since the school has an outside view of things. After all, many children spend more time at school than at home during the week. So that's why it's so important for the school to be involved. When the school realizes that something is going on in the family due to changes in the, the way the child is behaving, they call the parents and perceive that for them is very hard to talk about the situation. In all the breakup cases she has witnessed, only less than 1% actually prepares the child and seeks help with professionals for that change. Also, many times there's more than one child in the family and each child reacts in a different way. Sometimes that change is very visible on one child, but not so much on the other. Manu talks about babies adapting to changes in their family structure. By babies, we mean children up to two years old, as I mentioned before, but there are differences. A six-month-old baby to one-year-old is at that stage that they become very shy of strangers and they are very used to routines. So that child will miss the parent who moves out and suddenly is not there on a daily basis. It's not part of the child's routine anymore. Usually, the dad is the one who lives and the child stays with the mom. Also because of breastfeeding, something that the school always tries to support. When the child is at this age, it's more noticeable dads being less involved in the child's routines after a breakup. Manu stresses how important it is for both the parents to be in alignment in terms of routines because that is the reference the child has to feel safe. So the routines should be the same both at mom's place and also at dad's place. I asked Manu what are the main mistakes she has witnessed over the years that parents make regarding children when they separate. And she said that sometimes they see one of the parents alienating himself or herself from the child. Also, many times the financial provider wants to dictate the rules or saying to the child things like, your dad or your mom didn't pay alimony this month or he or she should have picked you up but didn't. Mom or dad preferred doing something else rather than being with you, etc., etc., etc. These kinds of impulses that grown-ups have will make the child feel responsible for the situation. The child feels he's a burden for the parents, he's not important enough, and children always want to please their parents, and when they can't, they feel unworthy and responsible for their parents' unhappiness. Another behavior from parents they witness at the school is using the child as a messenger. Tell your dad or tell your mom this or that. The child is the messenger of unpleasant messages that are usually received with disdain. This makes the child feel responsible for bringing bad news or for upsetting mom or dad. Also very important is to keep our word when we agree or promise something to the child. Manu shared the story that brought tears to my eyes. It's about a little boy who was expecting his dad to pick him up from school. So he spent all day making drawings to give his dad. 
At the end of the day, his dad didn't show up, and the child was devastated, crying and feeling abandoned. Up until the age of six, children believe everything we tell them. So we have to be extra careful not to say things we don't mean, because the child will believe everything we say as being the truth. Another story that she shares was one of a couple who decided to separate and the mom took all the family pictures away. The child was unprepared for this and having all the pictures that represented the family together brought great instability and a sense of abandonment to the child. The child even thought someone had come into the house and stolen those pictures, had taken them away from him. And this story shows that we have to pay attention to every single detail. Something that seems insignificant to us adults might be really important to the child. When they realized this, the child was missing the, the pictures, she put some of the pictures back, sent others to the dad's place, and explained to the child that slowly they would replace those pictures with new ones. Manu stresses that the best way to help the child understand what is going on and the changes that are about to happen is by talking to the child and explaining what's going on. Tell them mom and dad are no longer going to be a couple, but they will always love him or her and will always be their mom and their dad. I asked Manu what would be the best way to talk to the child, depending on their age. As we mentioned, Manu has experience with children from only a few months old up until six years old. And she says that we should always talk to the child regardless of how old they are. But the way we do it varies depending on their age. We should always stress the positive aspects. Now that the child is going to have two homes, two bedrooms, exclusive attention from both parents one at a time, mom and dad will stop arguing, etc. For the little ones, we can use a toy and explain the situation to them through a story with their favorite toy as the main character, for example. Or while the child is drawing, that's a good moment to talk to them, making the conversation lighter. The older ones can understand the conversation, focusing on the positive aspects and also using examples from friends who already are in that situation. Another tip Manu gives us is to involve the child setting up the new home, either dad's home, which is the most common situation here in Brazil, or the mom's home. Take the child to choose a few items for the house or the new bedroom. This will help the child feel that the new home is also their home. The school's role is a neutral one, always with the child's best interest at heart. Sometimes one of the parents wants to prevent the other one from seeing the child. But the school's role here is to reason with the adults and help them see through their emotions and think of the child's best interests. Mom and dad both have the same rights, unless there is a court order that says one of them can see the child, in which case the school will have to obey. Unless that is the case, the school will always try to reason with the adults, helping them put some of their differences aside and do what's best for the child. Sometimes it's easier for those who are not emotionally involved to come up with ideas to solve some of the conflicts. And that's one of the roles of the school, involving the child's teachers and also the school psychologist. I asked Manu if she had 
to summarize what would be the main tips she would give us to better deal with these kinds of family changes, she said, well, always, always, always talk to the child, saying the truth, explaining what will change, how things will be from now on, and stressing that both mom and dad love the child very much and that none of what is happening is the child's fault. Always show respect for one another, at least in front of the child. Remember that even when we adults are upset, the child doesn't understand that we adults don't mean some of the things we say on certain heated moments. Children always believe what they hear. Don't alienate yourselves from the child. Respect the child's preferences. For example, one of the parents picks up the child from school and the child cries, saying they want the other parent. Give the child time to accept the idea, play with them, conquer the child, maybe even call the other parent to help making the child accept the situation. Another tip is to always involve the school in the process. The school spends a lot of time with the children and can help the family go through this difficult transition by being there for the child, which is the main thing, but also giving advice to the parents on how to deal with the situation by letting them know how the child is reacting in this neutral environment. At the end of our talk, Manu encouraged those who want to get in touch with her and the school to exchange experiences, ask for advice, even if they aren't part of the school yet, they can do so. For those who want to visit the school, they can just show up. There's no need to schedule a visit. And this is the summary of our talk. Manu provided us with great insight and amazing tips on how best to navigate through difficult changes that affect children. And this will not be our last chat. I will have another one with Manu about other topics also related to, to children, uh, so you will be able to listen to it soon. But for now, this is it. Thank you for listening. If you want to share your thoughts with me, feel free to send me an email to lifestylewithsylvia at gmail.com. See you next week. <music>